Good afternoon and welcome back to BRAPCAST. Today we are here with Don Morin representing Sunday Morning Motors up here in Minnesota. How are you doing today, Don? I'm doing good, Ashley. All right. Well, thank you for coming on with us today. We'll just get started right down the list of questions. Uh, what is your name and, and what is your position over at Sunday Morning Motors? Well, my name is Don and I am co-owner of a... Uh, Vintage Moped Company, one of the few in the U.S. Um, my partner, Shelly, um, and I have been doing this since approximately 2011. So we're in about our seventh year. Yeah, you guys have been around a while. Yep. <clears throat> Where are you guys located? We're, at, we're located out in Becker. We have a storefront out there. And then we uh, run a shop out of our uh, home that uh, serves as a, a repair shop. Very cool. I have yet to make it out there myself, but it's between Minneapolis and St. Cloud, I believe. That's correct, right off of Highway 10. Very nice. A very good good spot to open a place. Yep. Uh, what made you want to open up a moped shop? We actually have been restoring vintage European motorcycles for many years. Um, we used to uh, have a large collection of Boltaco motorcycles um, and that were fully restored. And uh, we got into mopeds actually by accident. We were looking for an um, early springtime project just to carry us over for a few weeks. And we came across the moped, and that's kind of where it all started. We just kind of fell in love with the the bikes and the people that uh, uh, became our customers. That's awesome. Um, so you said you just just randomly came across one day. Is that how you decided to open a, a shop, or was the shop open before that? No, we opened up the shop. We ran out of our house for a couple of years, and then we um, just we weren't able to accommodate customers and stuff no longer at our home. So we opened up a physical location and, and we use that to ship parts and, and to uh, store bikes. Um, we keep an inventory of about a hundred bikes at any one time. Um, and uh, we, most of our business is national. So our and international, our bikes have gone not just across the U S and every corner, but our bikes go back overseas um, um, back to Europe where they, a lot of them originated. I know there's a lot of people who wish they could outgrow their home shop. That's that's really cool that it, it happened so organically like that. And I'm glad to hear some of these bikes are, are making it back to Europe where they started. Yeah. The, the bikes that were exported to the U.S., most of them, not all of them, but mo most of them were uh, significantly different. Uh, they had different features on them. Uh, to meet the, uh, you know, the stringent uh, um, uh, Department of uh, Transportation um, regulations and standards. And uh, so the European models would not work, so they had to adapt them. And then as they started importing, they actually started creating U.S. models that, that were standalone from the European models. So those are the bikes that the European collectors uh, can't get their hands on, and so we kind of do a lot of facilitating of uh, of them. I see. Do you guys have a, a specialty 
certain type of bike you work on or prefer? We to work mainly on? the bikes we mainly work on are Pooks, but we do we do take on uh, most non. Uh, we stay away from most Italian bikes, but uh, um, pretty much anything else. But by far the number one bike we work on is Pook. What do you guys have in the shop right now that you're excited about? Um, there's not most of our most of our bikes are on. Are, uh, we do uh, um, uh, consignment type work. Um, where uh, not consignment, but uh, um, their uh, um, uh, cu- customers customers uh, are commissioned. I'm sorry, uh, they're commissioned bikes. So the customers' contacts is usually about a six month backlog. Um, and then we do full-on restoration, uh, customizing, um, whatever anybody wants. Um, and that's mainly what we're known for. We do full paint, graphics, upholstery. Um, basically, when, they, when the bikes arrive to their destination, they're like getting a crated bike from 1977, only usually modified. So that's the, that's the uh, majority of our business. Um, a lot of our customers are affluent. And it's not uncommon when we deliver a bike to have a Lamborghini or a Ferrari in the garage. Um, a lot of these bikes were uh, things our customers used to dream about when they were kids before they made it in life. Um, so they come back to us to try to recreate that. Um, and that's where, uh, you know, that's our specialty. The image of a, a Maxi sitting next to a, a Beamer or a Lambo is a little little idiosynchronous it is but it's very cool that you're able to get that clientele yeah i'll give you a little story there's a uh, place called the autoplex down in chanhassen um it's a a well-known place in minneapolis or outside of minneapolis that um caters it's kind of like a uh uh, airport um hangar but for exotic cars um and this place is beautifully laid out, and there's exotic cars everywhere. Uh, and on the f- one Sunday every month, they open up the place, and so outsiders come in and go look at the cars. Um, one of our customers had purchased a couple of bikes from us. One was a three-wheel tri-rad Pook, and the other one was a fully restored Maxi. And uh, when the Sunday came along and all the customers were coming around, or all the uh, uh, people, uh, uh, the spectators were walking around looking at all the fancy cars. There was a Tri-Rad sitting next to the uh, $200,000 Lamborghini, and there wasn't anybody looking at the Lamborghini. They were all affixed on the uh, on the Pook moped, the Tri-Rad. Isn't that lovely? <laughs> yeah, so... Usually the weird stuff gets more attention. Yep, dr- that's correct. I drive uh, vintage Corvairs. And sure. My rusty old van will be twice as popular as the minted out Impala it's sitting next to and getting dirty. <laughs> we often uh, another another we were in Wyzetta, which is another highly affluent area, and we were riding. We happened to be um, uh, just taking a couple of bikes that we had restored on a ride, and outside on the street were all these Ferraris and Porsches lined up. And there was a crowd of people standing around a couple of mopeds that we had showed up on. Nobody was looking at the cars. So mopeds are quite different, and they are more of a conversation piece than, um, you know, a lot of the things they see on the street. And maybe because that's reachable by a lot of people, too. Definitely. These are things that, you know. 
what's your favorite project that you've done? Do you have anything crazy? No, we don't have anything crazy. Our favorite bikes are the custom, um, the, uh, the custom bikes, and we we don't. Our bikes are very. They, we try to make them what a factory custom would look like if it came out of the original factory uh, back in the seventies. If if Pook or Thomas or Gorelli was going to create a custom bike, uh, sport bike, um, um, this is what it would look like. This is what it would feel like. This is what it would smell like. Um, and that's what we, you know, that's what we aim for. So um, we try to stick with, we have a couple of basic plans people can pick from and they can do modifications to that. But otherwise we keep it what we know with what we know. Um, the bikes are also all fully warrantied, so we've got to be very careful not to overdo them. Uh, because if you have a bike that you shipped uh, uh, southern Florida and it breaks down, somehow you're we're still responsible to get that thing up and running. Um, so luckily, so far we haven't had any too many issues with the breakdown. So it is mopeds, though. So like like you That's said, correct. you got to be careful. Have That's you correct. had any? Um crazy requests that you've had to turn down or oh we we turn them down daily um there's only so much we don't do army green we don't do things that have been done a million times we don't do brat bikes um if it doesn't fit our mo um our name is on it we we like to show off our work and if it's something we'd be embarrassed by we won't do it it's not about money we got we, we got plenty of work to keep us busy so we kind of get fussy not only with the bikes but with the customers so um, most of the time we get contracted or commissioned by a customer. We like to get to know that customer pretty good before we get into any serious building because uh, we know we're going to have to have a relationship with them after that bike leaves our shop. And if their expectations are different than ours, um, there's going to be, uh, you know, there's going to be problems on both ends. So um, we just try to be realistic with what, what we're producing and who we're working with. Classy builds only. That's right. That's what we were aiming for. So probably not like my builds. I've got a Moto Bacane <laughs> with a uh, with a um, eight track player yeah. on it. <laughs> those are the fun builds. Those are there's nothing wrong with those. There's just not those aren't what uh, those aren't uh, the ones those, you park next to the Porsches. Yeah, that's correct. That's those are uh, those are just different than what we what we aim for. And I believe I've seen some of your builds around, and yeah, it looks like. Somebody took it right off the showroom floor, stuck it in a plastic bag, and pulled it out 40 years later. Yeah, that's, and that's what we try work. to do. Yeah, thank you. That's what we try to do. It's uh, um, We've got a lot of years of experience doing other things that kind of all relate to the mopeds. Um, but uh, we don't bite off more. We try not to bite off more than we can chew. Um, we know our customers. We know business um it's very easy to get too excited and try to expand and do all this stuff and and it'll only lead to disaster so we kind of keep it confined and and we stick to with what we know and uh um and, and then it becomes a stays fun too doesn't become work if you're six months out i'd say it's working for you pretty good it works pretty good for us we don't complain about it we you know it's no one's ever going to get rich on working on or building mopeds, but it's a fun way to make a living sometimes. It, it keeps you with your cans of beans, I'm sure. Exactly, exactly. Uh, we get to travel a lot. We get to meet a lot of people. 
a lot of interesting people and a lot of well-known people. Um, and we keep a lot of them as uh, we consider friends through the years. Um, some of them had came, came to us years ago and bought their first bike and didn't know nothing about them. And now um, there are actually people that we call for advice on um, certain issues because they've, you know, they've, um, you know, en- engulfed themselves in the open world too. You gotta let us know if a uh, if somebody ever decides to ride their bike up onto the red carpet. <laughs> okay, we can do that. <laughs> you never know, though, is <laughs> right. Uh, so, with, with as popular as the ironically lame thing has become, I wouldn't. Right. Uh, I wouldn't doubt somebody's going to be throwing a gorilla up onto the onto the red Probably carpet not. someday. Probably not. I'm sure it'll happen. It's you know, mopeds are, they trend up and down every day. The, the trend rate is kind of like a, it uh, looks like a heartbeat if you look at it. Uh-huh. Um, and the popularity we can tell by the, we have a multiple websites and, and uh, we, we can see by the activity on one, how, uh, what's going on out there. We use one as a gauge for everything. Um, by the number of how much time is spent reading on a website or what bikes are being looked at. We use all that for, uh, you know, leverage on our end just to know what, how, how to plan the next year. Um, but it looks like a heartbeat. It goes, the popularity is high, and then it's like if it, then it falls off, everybody gets burnt out, and then a new group comes in. So I don't see it changing much in the next couple of years. Um, um, but, uh, I can't say that it'll ever reach its heyday, like probably in like 2013, which seems to be the, um, the best year, you know, as far as activity goes. I see. Have you guys had any extremely frustrating experiences or frustrating points? Um, probably the biggest Frustrating. It's really frustrating for us. It, we feel bad because we spent a lot of time building a bike or trying to take care of a customer and it finds out they really, it's not what they wanted. They were really interested in a uh, piece of transportation or a scooter. They just wanted to be cool. Um, and that's not what these bikes are about at all. You can't, they're not, if you need a piece of transportation, these are um, uh, probably not your best route to go. You can find things cheaper and more reliable and and more efficient. You know, these are, um, it's like kind of like having a little two-seater sports car, and, and um, but you don't want to drive it every day. Uh, you know, you want it's something to work on, take pride in, to keep, pass on, ride with your buddies. But it's they're, you know they're just they're just outdated as far as reliable everyday transportation. So sometimes we get customers that we buy the bikes back and we feel bad because it just wasn't didn't work out for them. It wasn't what they thought it was going to be. I see. But but those are that's the that's the exception rather than the normal. So if I wanted to come in and I had a, a, a blank check and I wanted to see the the quintessential Sunday morning motors moped yep what what would you show me what what is your you'd be, your you'd be looking at about by the time we're done you'd be looking close to three grand and you'd be riding away on a uh, poop magnum uh, custom top tank bike with a um, with a, uh, a travel speed of about uh, a reliable travel speed of about 50 miles an hour 
but uh, something that's also extremely reliable and tight and and no flaws. So, but it can they can they do go up even higher than that. But that's just our that's our normal uh, our our normal custom bike range. Do you do you have one build you've done that you kind of put on a pedestal above all others? We have the original one, which is still located in Minneapolis somewhere. It's called the Casper bike. It was a white uh, Magnum, but that one makes its rounds, and and uh, we hear about that one all the time. Um, it gets spotted or whatever. Um, in fact, the gentleman that owns it right now had just contacted us. Um, he tracked us down and said, we heard you were the builder of this, and We'd like uh, some changes made to it, and and so we'll be putting that back to our shop. But we haven't seen it for a few years. But that was one of our first uh, Magnum builds. Very cool. Uh, that uh, might. But it's still one of our favorite ones. I'm sure that'll give you some invaluable metrics on how things hold up a few years down the line. Absolutely. Do you guys ride uh, in your free time? We try to, but unfortunately, we don't get a lot of time because most of our riding is trying to tune and test bikes that we're building. So we do go on occasional rides, but not nearly as what we'd like to. Um, every once in a while, we just kind of shut everything down and take a day and go riding, but we don't get to do that too often. What kind of personal bikes do you have? Um, we actually ride Maxis, and we have a couple of Thomases. Um, and then be honest with you, we'll throw together if we, if we need an extra bike or two, we'll just take whatever in the shop and, and, uh, you know, throw it together for the day or whatever. Um, but, uh, we don't have any, we don't ride any of the, uh, the high end bikes. We just, you know, there's so many bikes and we just don't get time enough to do it. But one of these days we always talk about, we're going to build ourselves a couple of bikes and, and, uh, go do some sightseeing, but it just hasn't got to that point yet haven't gotten there that's um, correct where do you see you guys headed in the next five years or so i think it's gonna stay pretty plateaued i don't think it's gonna go up anymore but i don't really see it going down the the demographics as long as they stay the way they are the people the type of customers um it should stay pretty flat um, we, our, our clientele is different than the vast majority of moped riders. Um, but you know, I guess in the, in the long run, everybody interacts, they all look at moped army and, and talk amongst themselves. But, uh, um, I think it's, uh, I think it's going to stay pretty flat for a while, which is good. It stays steady. We just don't want it to disappear. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, is there... Anyone you wanted to shout out or anything you wanted to mention before we, we give it up? Nope. We just appreciate all the, all the local rider groups like uh, in Minneapolis and, and you know, the, other, the others in the general area and across the states because those are the guys that kind of keep it all going. And uh, without those riding groups, it probably the, the popularity would disappear. So. It's almost free advertisement. Yep. Well, thank you, Don, so much for coming on today and chatting with me. You bet, Ashley. 
All right. You have a good afternoon, and I can't okay. wait to see what else is coming out of the shop. Okay. Thank you, Ashley. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. This has been the first episode of Season 2 of Brabcast. I'm your host, Ashley Ackley. Tonight, we were joined by Don Morin with Sunday Morning Motors. Do you have a crew shop or super ad motor you would like featured on our show? Tell us all about it on Facebook at Brabcast. Find our other episodes on SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, and the Google Play Store. Until next time, stay happy and stay brappy.